Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody, we're back. Welcome to episode 91 of the Coach Fury Podcast. That's me, the guy sometimes known as Fury. Uh, <laughs> I hope you've been digging these episodes. It's been really fun getting back into the mix of this, no pun intended, but uh, definitely shaking off ring rust with the podcast, trying to get better at the episodes, and I've been enjoying the process of making these. And one of the things I want to discuss is, look, we're back. There's been three episodes now in just about a week, and I'm not going to set a specific Monday release like we used to have. Some of these are more timely, and I just want to get them out. And that brings us to this one, because today's guest is Charlie Casera, owner of SC Fitness. He owns two studios in Long Island, uh, but he's also one of the founders and the CEO of the United States Fitness Coalition, uh, originally the New York Fitness Coalition. And this guy and this group has done a lot for us. We're, I'm not going to get into it now because we're going to get into it in the show. So I just wanted to get this out because there's actually two active lawsuits that the coalition has uh, involving New York State, specifically the governor and uh, our mayor. So I wanted to get this out quickly. Charlie's an awesome guy. If you listen to Tina's episode, last episode, we spoke about bright spots, um, people that showed up on social media and stood out trying to do positive things. And Charlie is absolutely one of those people. I would also include his daughter and his wife and people that have now sort of formed and coalesced into this coalition under that category of bright spots. Um, and you'll hear us talk about it a little bit because starting this thing and even just trying to get us open, so many owners, trainers just repeatedly seem to want to shoot themselves in the foot and build walls where we need to start making doors. So uh, I'm very excited for you to hear from Charlie. We might actually hear on one of these lawsuits today as I'm recording this intro. Uh, it is November 6th. We spoke yesterday on November 5th. And uh, I wanted to get this out for you. Uh, Charlie's a great guy. We had a good conversation and he's a Star Wars nerd and we didn't get to scratch the surface on that at all. So I will definitely be having him back. You're going to hear us talk about the next week's guest, which is Kevin Godfrey, um, founder of Trusted Safe. And he's also a part of the Fitness Coalition and done a lot to provide quality, quality, direct information and connection to the Department of Health. So this is sort of like uh, inside the United States Fitness Coalition a little bit, but also two gentlemen that I think really were bright spots in, in the context that Tina and I spoke about. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Charlie Casera. Hey, listeners. So I'm not going to, Charlie, you're here. I'm seeing your face for the, for the first time in a while since one of the, uh, what do you call those? Pressers. Pressers. Pressers I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that word until you started using it. And Me either. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> the reason why uh, gyms are open in New York, I'm going to put it largely on your shoulders, Charlie. Um, I know there's a, a, there's a story that we'll get to, get to get to that point. But listeners, if you're not in New York State or New York City, we would not be open if Charlie didn't sort of end up spearheading this movement of the New York Fitness Coalition, there's no maybes or partways. Like it's a hundred percent that we have members coming in to our studios, at least most of us. Some of us in unfortunate red zones right now are still closed. Some of us still dealing with our wonderful, horrible mayor de Blasio, uh, the only politician mutually hated by both sides of the fence. Um, we, you know, there are still that are closed because of, 
really weird, weird wording in the guidelines for because they just happen to be in, um, in a red zone that is not based because of their businesses. So uh, first and foremost, face-to-face, uh, -face, I think I've said this at the pressures. Thank you, Charlie, for doing what you do. Um, Thank you. If anybody listened to the previous podcast with Tina, Tina and I talked about like sometimes I like, I'll just randomly message somebody that I think is doing good work on social media. Like being like, what, even if it's not work, just being a good human. And Charlie, I think that might've been started out like, hey man, thank you for doing what you're doing. And <laughs> awkwardly- I think so. Yeah, I think uh, so. So let's start before we get into the coalition, because I definitely want to talk about that because there's a, a big win, but there's still stuff obviously very much so in play happening with that. Right. But let's, let's go back to like the beginning to middle of March uh, as things were starting to heat up. I don't know like how it felt in Long Island um, compared to being in, in, in Brooklyn and in the city. We definitely started to feel the escalation. And then there was like a weekend before shutdown that I was like, oh, this is super real and things are happening. So what was it like those like like the last two weeks leading in to the shutdown? I think it was the same for us too. Um, I remember having conversations with my members. People had started getting sick um, that we knew, but nobody was inside the gym, and you know everybody was more or less, oh, this is just the flu. I can't believe everybody's taking it so seriously. You know, this is just this is just another strand. Or um, so I think that was the what was the running theme going through. But you could see, and then beer started kicking in a little bit the closer that you got, and then membership already started to go on the wayside. Nobody was canceling, but people weren't coming, right? And I think it was about a week before we were already in the sanitizing mode. Obviously, we now know what we were using was improper, but what we thought at the time was right, hand sanitizer, we were cleaning down whether, you know, you were using a row in between each, each time um, to keep people happy. And then when we got that word, you know, that it was getting worse and that we were going to go into lockdown, I think it was, you know, it was a slow buildup. But even at that time, I'm going to say everybody was still kind of like, what is this? This is just a flu. I can't believe we're closing and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it was a slow build, I guess. And, and, and you could see how it was affecting people uh, as it just got it carried on. And you could see it in your membership base. You could see it in your class size. Classes maybe went from 27 to 15 and then it was 10, and then you were getting random emails, you know, saying, uh, well, we might take this month off, you know, so I think it was the same for us too. When the time, when the announcement finally came on that Monday, did you already have your next step planned? Like, did you have an online plat like version ready to rock or? It wasn't built in. So no, we, we are, we're more of a CrossFit style. So um, I had nothing um, built in. We knew a week prior, I guess, when we when word was coming that we were going to end up being closed, and you could see what was happening over overseas and, and how bad it was in Italy and everything that was coming in. Um, I think you know at that point I didn't panic, but I figured I had to do something. So right when we closed and we weren't allowed to go in, um, I rented out my equipment. I rented out my equipment to my members, um, and we immediately picked up on Zoom uh, shortly thereafter just to to try to keep some uh, revenue stream. Yeah, I think that's an important, and I think one of the things that I, a lot of, probably fairly critical errors of some of the studios that I, I've sort of seen their Facebook struggles is there was sort of that reluctance to even start to try online and maybe it'll end too soon or uh, maybe, I shouldn't say too soon, maybe this will end very quickly. 
um, or yeah. that's just not what I do. It's not what I want to do versus like, this is our new reality for at least this window of time. Cause I know we did a online coaching has always been not through zoom, but online coaching has always been a bird, a part of what we offered. It was just monthly okay. programming. And for us, we just sort of took that and what we had in here, created a zoom calendar, modified our programming and we're ready to go. So it took about two weeks to fully have that ready. We were in a weird position where, you know, I was teaching certifications and between October through the first weekend of March, it was like that February into March 1st, you know, I, I had taught in Taiwan, I taught in Japan, I taught in Seattle, and I taught two courses in two certs in New York, where it was like, so I was around all these people, I'm on these planes, and lo and behold, Seattle turned out to be apparently like close to where I taught was like, if you remember back in the day, Seattle was one of the first spots where they were having positive cases. So like I came back and I felt fine. So I didn't have this like fear of, am I now, you know, uh, people weren't thinking about it that yet. Like you're like, Oh my gosh, like right. there's this stuff. And then by April when we're shut down for a month already, I'm like, how did I not get this based on all of this? True. But I remember we taught a, a kettlebell certification and it was great. No, you know, like we weren't other than being clean, we weren't doing anything different. But that Monday I came in and people, my members started asking like, so are you afraid to close? And that's when I was like, we were already limiting uh, uh, the number of attendants. So we're a very right. different small spot. Like we at the time were seven people max. We made it four people max. We modified our program so there was no sharing. Um, mm -hmm. But like I wasn't expecting to have to close. But then I'll say like, we just started hearing sirens a lot out here. You know, it's a little like in Long Island. I'm from Long Island, by the way. I'm a fellow Long okay. Islander. Um, there's just a little bit more space. Whereas right. here, you just started hearing sirens. And I was like, I was kind of grateful when they pulled the plug on us because it didn't make me have to make the decision. Because um, we were being as safe as we could, but, and we'll talk about this a little later, we weren't using the proper cleaning, the best, right. the best cleaning stuff and disinfecting stuff that we now know, thanks, thanks to your group. Um, let's talk about the moment that I think the next probably big critical moment for all of us as owners was going from phase two into phase three I think a lot of us thought personal training would be somewhere in there, one-to-one -one only with some sort of limited capacity. Right. But then obviously the big call to action was when phase four, we got bumped out. What, what were your thoughts as that was happening? Because that is the window too, where all of this sort of coalesced into the organization. I think, you know, even in phase one, when we were closed those two weeks, I didn't even really know what was going on. I didn't get the phases. I didn't understand any of it. I didn't even understand. I do now how that was arbitrarily chosen, who was in it. I understand it now, obviously. Um, but I knew it was real. I knew it was bad. My, my wife is a, a nurse and she was in those units. So I didn't need to watch TV. I just got to see my wife and, you know, I, I knew what was going on. Um, and I think I was okay. And I understood it um, being shut for a little while. I don't even think being in phase two, I think it annoyed me when Connecticut was was getting opened ahead um and then you did have the president saying that gyms should be opened in phase two they should have been a professional service um and then you knew it was just going to be a war right you, you you could see the things that were coming on the tv you could see the things that were happening so you know you just had to sit there and say to yourself all right you know i, I guess at this point in time they're doing the right thing you, you know they're keeping everybody shut we can go get food we could go here whatever um well, were you annoyed at the Walmarts and the Targets and the, and the Lowe's? Of course, but it made some sort of sense. 
Um, so yeah, I think getting pushed around all over the place, I don't think we ever had a definition anyway. We, meaning our industry thought, we should be professional. But yeah. gyms were never in it. It was just professional services. And what we ended up happening was gyms declaring themselves professional. Well, I'm a professional service. What makes you that? Well, we now know, and we'll get to that. But, you know, that was us saying it. It wasn't, it wasn't the governor. It wasn't Mayor de Blasio. The president came on and said gyms should be opened. Um, we knew we weren't deemed essential, even though we think we are. Again, in our own minds, we think yep. we are. Um, but, you know, we weren't. And it took until phase three and realizing, okay, we're not in phase three, but let me look at all these things in phase four. There's nothing here. So am I in phase four? Eventually we got clarity um, that gyms were underneath the recreation. And uh, that was tough to swallow. Now we're, now we're basically a game, you know, we're, 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 we're tag football or, you know, basketball or we're a game or a recreation that we do for fun, that we serve no purpose. So that was tough to swallow, I think. Uh, that was that I'll say for me, that was, I, I'm very altruistic about what we do and how we try to help and, correct. and you know, what we mean to our members. And the, you know, I, I think a lot that's lost even on the outward public is the relationships we have um, with the members, especially when you've been sitting with them on zoom, you know, training still with them on zoom, like, you know, who's been on a perfect lockdown and you know, who's been struggling mentally and all that stuff. You, you see all that right. stuff. And I remember being like, we're getting close to phase four. Like this is, and I, I literally put it on my dry erase board, like weeks, like checking off the weeks, right? Like this is going to happen. And then like the day after I did it is when it was like, we were sort of pulled. And I just remember being so crushed that, you know, we're a 675 square foot neighborhood fitness spot, barely a gym, barely a gym, but they were, we were lumped in with Coney Island, you know, uh, Aqueduct Raceway Casino, you know, a movie theater in Madison Square Garden. And to me, it was just, I just couldn't fathom sort of like the lack of care, the lack of thought, the lack of critical thinking in that decision. I, uh, but I, it, I, I see I where it keeps the fear going. And, and I don't disagree with you there, Steve. I, I guess what we, and we'll get into it. I think what we realize now is there's a reason we were there. Um, and I think the misconception of what our industry is to what we think our industry is, to what people think our industry is, um, and being that there's so many different facets of what we do. So for me personally, I swallowed it. And again, I was from a different perspective. Um, I, I we're surrounded. My wife's a nurse, so our friends, our nurses and doctors. So it was, a, I, I understood it. Um, it wasn't until the day that I knew phase four was ending and the governor got on and said that gyms, movie theaters, and bowling alleys wouldn't open. Then I knew I was done. Then I knew I was done. I that, that was it. That was it for me. I think it's important to stress, and I wanted to mention it too, that your wife, Tracy, who we're Facebook friends now, and, and she's a, a, it's an intelligent advocate position because she's in it. I think mm -hmm. part of the problem with fitness, and it definitely it was way worse in the beginning, middle of this, where I had, I just had trainer friends that were like, just eat right and you're bulletproof. You know what I mean? Like all that type of like, now, like I have healthy friends that have become long haulers. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it can't be that like, does this improve your odds? Yes. Does it make you completely uh, invulnerable? No, it's not gamma radiation or anything like that. But it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely like a, a, a gain. 
So it's one of the things from the outside perspective before, you know, you and I had started yeah. messaging and whatnot was like, all right, this guy has Tracy there as a backup. And also for me to be like, what's happening? Cause yeah, um, I never came, you know, I never came into it. Um, and that's important for people to remember too. We, we never came into this throwing our fist down saying, this is fake. We need to be open. We, we always came at it from a different way. And, and to be quite honest with everybody who's listening, that is part of the reason why public perception about our coalition was, was always well received. Um, so I'm not, you know, getting into all that, nor, nor am I, if this is what uh, another gym wants to believe, I'm not telling you what to believe. You know, that wasn't our purpose. Um, I think our purpose just came when there were no more phases. Um, when the governor said we won't open indefinitely, uh, when the governor came on and said that we were dirty, problematic, we know that we caused the virus, we know that we're super spreaders, we know that we're all these things. Um, and then for me, he lost me. Everything that you maybe credibility had, had built up protecting, you are now done. You are now done. And that next morning, I had met with an attorney. So I, at that point, I was checked out. It didn't yeah, matter anymore. It, it, it was the scene, just not not just from New York, but also like people like Alan Cosgrove, like uh, listeners that you know outside of New York. Mm -hmm. People have been going to the gyms more or less, and you know different states at different times throughout this. And the data of check-ins, because almost every membership you have has some sort of a check-in process. Yeah. Um, there has been no proof of fitness facilities being super spreaders, highly problematic. Have we had have have gyms had? People positive, COVID positive people enter? Yes, but was it the source of the gym? No, like that's just any business anywhere right now. It's not fitness specific, mm -hmm. but we do know universally with all of like the, the, the ribbing back and forth about, you know, the, the vaccines and the cures and the injecting bleach and all that shit. The one thing everyone <laughs> always agreed on was, you know, look, you have better chances if you don't have hypertension, you have better chances if you're not obese, you have better chances if you don't have diabetes and we help with all of those. I learned, and this is from my friend, uh, Emily C, who's an acupuncture. She had a, uh, she, she didn't like one of my posts about health and wellness. And we had a great okay. conversation uh, about why we're not essential. And this is where okay. I think where you're going um, with mm -hmm. the group to bring us. So it's like, we don't have any sort of like real state standards in terms of like disinfection, disease control, like we have guidelines now, but like an actual certification process that other essential fields do. Even, even hair cutters, you know, there's, there, there's testing that they have to go through um, to pass in terms of how to handle that. And I think that's one of the exciting things moving forward with the organization and being a member of the USFC, make sure I get the, so many initials in fitness, uh, is it. that, you know, and we're, we're a part, the Speakeasy is a part of the Fitness Safe you know, monthly testing program uh, where we get hygiene. So there's a lot to go over. Well, Kevin Godfrey, by the way, we're going to talk about him. He's going to be on the podcast next, next, next week. So we don't have to get too deeply into that. But gyms like Charlie's, uh, SC Fitness in Long Island, the Speakeasy, a number of gyms, uh, hopefully many, many more are paying for monthly swab testing. So it's not just like the New York City guidelines, which was a virtual right. thing. It's actually like here are swabs on high contact areas, equipment, no contact or low contact areas. And then they get sent in to see like, how great of a breeding ground is this for the virus? And you get a letter yep. grade. Um, and I love it. I mean, it is loud and proud on our front window. Uh, less about a marketing tool, although it obviously is, but it's more about like, I it wanna is. know that I'm doing stuff right. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's all those things. It's all those things, Steve. I, you know, I, I think there's a misconception. And, and, and the first one was when we, when we went to first do all this and get open, it wasn't even the argument yet we think we're essential. We can help people with hypertension, diabetes, and all the other things, right? You know, this is why we should be open. It really was simple. And I tried to make it as simple as I could in media and print and on, on, you know, shows that we were on. There's no phase five. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know what? You got to figure something out. So you just can't come on and just tell me, well, these people, who contribute $80 billion, that's an $80 billion, $100 billion industry, you, indefinitely, you just go over there, and when we're ready to speak to you, we'll speak to you. You see, you can't do that, right? So I don't think in my head when we first started off, it was proving a point that we should have been in phase one. There was no point of proving that. It's already happened. It already happened. Here we are in phase four with no phase five. Once we knew where we were going with that and we filed a class action against the governor, I think at that point, that is when things picked up pace for me. And that is when the United States Coalition and things started to, to formulate because it was, okay, I think we're going to win. And when we win, I don't want to be shut again. Now, how do I not get shut again? Okay, so, you know, it is important for people to understand that we weren't fighting for being upset in phase one and we weren't arguing who was open. We were simply saying there's no phase five. What are we supposed to do? And this is the question that I, I, I still get and, and I do my best when people want to argue with me. I understand everybody's point and I understand that people lost loved ones due to COVID and, and I'm so sorry for that. You know, it's been so tragic for, for many, many people. But what is your answer? It can't be just stay closed that's not an answer. You're basically saying that I should care about you and your family, but you should not care about me and mine or, or my life or my business or who's going to suffer or the employees I got to let go or the, um, you know, impaired that I can't help or the people who deal with depression, anxiety, or suicide, all those things. You are telling me I have to care for you, but you're not to me. So your answer can't be stay closed. It had to be something more. And what I found was no one had one. Matter of fact, no one had one, not even our governor had one. And what we found out was that his argument for keeping us shut from phase four into weeks and weeks later, there was none. So we simply could have opened in phase four, um, but he didn't want to. It was his arbitrary decision-making that did it. So now here we are, right? We're still stuck in these things. How do we get to, to stay open. And that is where we started formulating like what you're talking about now that you spoke to your friend about. And she's 100% correct. Yeah. Um, and we can go more into that, but she's 100% correct. Yeah, I, I know for, for us, the randomness of the arbitrary decisions is, is a big part because, you know, somebody says something and it's taken, you know, especially in a higher position and it's taken as a rule. And then that matched, matched with there's this perception again of gyms that we are just, you know, standing over everybody, spotting, licking barbells, breathing heavy, you know, side to side. And even if your facility was a hundred people doing that, people don't realize what 33% of that is. So take a movie theater with a hundred people and only fill, fill it with 33 seats, at least six feet apart. That's not a crowded movie theater. And, but the public opinion on that is just like, no way. And it just fueled each other 
to make it harder to come across. And I think that's one of the good things that we've you've done with the messaging of the group is to try to come across like, because we've heard members within the group um, or at least people in the beginning days that it, it got ugly. You, you and I have spoken like, yeah. I just couldn't, I didn't want to be aligned with a lot of people that were being very vocal about shit. Um, right. And I feel like that's, there's been, I, again, I don't see the same, <laughs> I, I feel bad for the amount of communication that you're probably dealing with that we're unaware of, but it seems like we're at least getting closer to closer to being on the same page. Um, you know, I, I have empathy for everyone. And I, and, sure. and I think that that was a, was a good point for me to, to take it from that. I understood people's frustrations. They don't align with mine. Um, but again, it wasn't for me to do exactly what the governor is doing. And I didn't want to be that person. And I still don't want to be that person. It's not my way. It's not my arbitrary decision. If you want to feel that way, then by all means, you may feel that way. And I'll do my best to kind of understand it. I don't tolerate it as much when it goes down a certain way. And, you know, we kind of try to control that a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I just think that people had the wrong thing, even when we got open. And people are like, well, you're open. It's 33%. Well, you're right. It is 33%. And it is important to remember, it's not 33% of my occupancy because I have to be six feet apart. So even if I could fit, if, if, I, if I had a, 100 people max and 33%, so okay, so I could do, you know, 30 people, let's say, whatever it is. But I have to six feet. That means basically I can only do 10. So the 33% didn't do us anything. And I have 33% with 100% of the bill. The market is up today. However, the economy is down today because it was reported in earnings that due to no stimulus package, due to the, six, the $600 that nobody's gotten, the economy has actually dipped. Yeah. We still have nothing. And, I, and, and, and people need to realize this. We have nothing. We didn't get PPP because it didn't work for our industry. And we'll talk about that. That's professional status. But we didn't get that. And even if we could apply for it, we didn't get it. Everybody else got it. Big corporations got it first. We don't have bailout reform specific to industries, hardest hit and hardest hit states. So we have none of that. We have no second stimulus package and everybody can keep their $1,200 check because that's not what, that's not, isn't what's needed. Okay. So we don't have that, but we have, there's no other bailout reform. So what are we supposed to do? How do we negotiate with our landlords? How are we supposed to survive? Again, put yourselves in our shoes. Give me answers. Don't just tell me what we, uh, you have to, you have to, you have to. Yeah. You know what? Target doesn't have to. Walmart doesn't have to. Lowe's doesn't have to. Home Depot doesn't have to. And the truth is, all of these things all could have been done at home. So the argument to say you can train and do whatever at home, every single thing I mentioned outside of going to the doctor, you could do at home. Shit, you could even order Peapod and get your food delivered. Yep. You never had to leave your house, online school, movies, Netflix, everything, everything had been done at home. The only thing would be going to the doctor. So, you know, that whole notion isn't just, uh, it's, it's very inaccurate. And I think that that's, that was just the party line. That's what we're going with. It's not about anything else. Um, it is, isn't about politics. It is about the man running this state. He happens to be a Democrat and he happens to rule caring about himself and not about whether there's Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians or Independents. He's just arbitrarily doing all these things. So, you know, for us, that was important to relay. Steve, you know? Yeah, I think, it, and, and I think it comes across well, it, you know, look, I think for the, with the exception of the, you know, the nursing homes, 
think in the beginning of this, we all, you know, Cuomo sort of took on not just a New York leadership role, but like a, a like almost a federal role that I, I was very happy with in the beginning. But then you start to see, and, and one of the things, even if I remove myself, I think listeners too, it's important to like remove the fact that Charlie and I are even talking about gyms. This is small business, like all small sure. businesses, right? So also don't be like, oh, it's just two gym owners whining about something. Like this is everybody. Uh, Folks, if you think there's any real, there's been no commercial real estate landlord rental lease assistance whatsoever. Um, I got very little PPP. Our gym wasn't even open a full year for 29. We were open nine months at shutdown. So we weren't even open. I didn't even apply for it. A full year. We, we got like a, a little bit, which I'll apply for forgiveness, but I have a feeling they're going to go like your nickels don't count. And now I have like debt from the EIDL loan, right? That's debt. Yep. Like I didn't have debt before that. And I have debt from one of my pivots of selling gear. Um, you know, I had to make a, a yep. pretty sizable gear uh, purchase, but the gear purchase was to justify why the hell do I still have a space? Like we were fortunate. Our members stuck really well with us online. Um, we would have been making a lot more money if I wasn't paying rent and we didn't pay all our rent. We paid most of it though um, over time. Good for you. And, uh, but now I have this disaster relief thing and we're still that we're also in a unique position. 33% is our max. Now it will, it just will be, uh, cause we're so small and we can be okay with that. Cause our overhead, our, our model is just our, our overhead compared to what I'm sure you're using in one of your facilities is so low, yeah. but I fully realize most people aren't in that position and out there listeners, like we're not getting help. Your, your restaurants aren't getting help. And I think there's a lot of people being very, being very vocal about like, you know, shutting down and staying in and still that have a little bit of a privileged position where they're not worrying about their next rent check. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a not necessarily a fair place to, no. to, to be it's not a fair place condemning. to sit and, and to look at people. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking some of these, so we know lots and lots of restaurants, um, obviously, because they're becoming part of our bigger um, thing that we that we filed for, um, you know, against the governor. But um, you know, these places are paying forty two, fifty thousand dollars a month in rent. Um, some of them employ hundreds of people. So what are they supposed to do at thirty three percent? How are they supposed to survive with one hundred percent of of the bills? So yes, you're right. There is nothing that that landlords got, and landlords do need to be taken into consideration. Absolutely, here. absolutely. Um, you know, they are owners. They're not the devil. Um, it's not their fault, but it's most certainly not ours. And my thing is this, a business should be able, this is how a bad this bailout should work. I should be able to take my 2019, my 2020, take my losses, give it to the state and say, that's what I need. Give me that. That enables me to pay my business to survive off of what I've missed, my rent, my bills and everything else. That's it. You told me to shut. I did. I should not lose everything because I shut. I should not lose everything because you are inept at doing your job, you're an inept at running the city and making it bankrupt. Nobody told you to spend 33 billion or million or whatever the hell it is you spent on solar panels, salt wind panels and wind, windmills and all the other crap that you went, you spent it on, right? So, you know, don't blame everybody else. I, I like to, to use the term push blame and, and our governor is pretty good at that. You know, it starts from the top. The governor, mayor, all the executives. It's not de Blasio. No, no, no. He, everybody answers to him. It's, it's not the president. The president doesn't have control over the state. He made all those, you know, he made all those things. He made all those decisions. And in doing so, we are where we are because of it. And people need to see the arbitrariness. And what I was trying to allude to before was, 
if people want to know how things got deemed essential and recreational and all those things, it was done state to state. So every state had the ability to make up this decisions. And what the governor did was he put a board of people together, um, not industry specific. So there weren't restaurant owners or gym owners or anybody else on there. And then they went through everything and then they put everything and they said, okay, well, this is essential. That's essential. We, we could do this. This is going to open phase one, phase two, phase three. They figured it out. So it was arbitrary. All right. Instead of having people and sectors actually lay credence to why something perhaps should be open and when they should be open, they just arbitrarily decided it themselves. And then even currently to where we are today, I would love someone to point out to me, how do we know when we get to 50 and 75 and 100%? How do we know when we get out of six feet? How am I supposed to, or any business, how are they supposed to negotiate with their landlords when they don't know what tomorrow will be? They don't know if they'll be at 50%. They don't even know if they could survive at 50%. Um, how are we supposed to, to know if we can negotiate with our landlords when we're playing red light, green light, one, two, three, close this zone down because somebody came in with COVID? If everything was to flatten the curve, and if you just want to go back to basics, I always like making things simple. If it was to flatten the curve and hospitalizations and death rates, well, we did that, and we've done it now for months. So now, when does life go on? When does 98% of the country outweigh 2 to 3 to 5%? What's the answer? I'm not saying I have it. I'm asking everybody to tell me what's the answer. Um, but if it doesn't move on, what's going to happen is you're going to have 60% of closures of restaurants, gyms, movie theaters who are already going out, AMC and Regal, the two largest in, in, in the country. Um, and everybody's just going to fold. And if that's everybody's desire and they don't think that that's going to be an issue as we have mass exodus leaving New York City, um, I got newsflash for you. We're, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. I think people are losing sight because there's still a high level of fear. And I, I look at it as like, I respect this virus more than I, I fear it um, True. at this point. But, you know, again, restrictions work to help flatten the curve. But what people, I think it's really easy to lose sight because it almost feels timeless right now. It feels like we've been in this forever. And yeah. remember, remember the, you know, the days of Middle Earth and a galaxy far, far away when you can walk <laughs> yeah. around. It's, um, we've had these low numbers for so long, for so long now. You know, again, I'm not saying like if things really start to spike up again, we have to have action. But we've had low numbers for so long that we are more in a calculated risk mode. And yes, you could be an asymptomatic spreader, but we are now mostly wearing masks that like we have better guidelines and habits now than we did sure. in March and April. So there's another little level of like, yes, you can have a little bit more of a sense of personal security on it. And what's just happening now, uh, and especially I would say in New York, I don't know other states, is yes, the governor is like, seems very happy to have this power to slap people's hands, including the mayors, including small businesses, including people that... Folks like, it, yeah, it sucks when people are breaking mandates, but it's also like some people are literally trying to keep open and, and, and feed their families. I, I don't think people realize yeah. that. A lot of us are trying to keep our dreams alive. When you're an employee of a place, you might like your job, but if it's been an established company, you're not having that direct emotional attachment to literally everything that's in that. Like when you own a business, like you actually give a shit about the desk. You give a shit about the stuff in the bathroom. Like you give a shit about every item because you built it when you're a small business yep. owner. Like it's all oddly precious 
And who knows how many years or decades have gone into it. So, you know, we opened this just before 10 years of me being a coach. This is my second career. Nine months in, I feel like we shouldn't be open. Like I feel, I almost feel survivor's guilt that we're okay. Um, but folks, like they've gotten very good at trying to look smart by telling people no, but they are never handing out help anymore. And you have to yeah. listen to that when you hear uh, the governor or you hear de Blasio talk about what they're doing. They are not helping. They are just using stop penalties, fines. For everybody else that's following all the mandates, following all the guidelines, just trying to literally pay the rent and pay their employees and get through, there's no helping hand. And we have to remember that that's part of what this is. Because, you know, we like to throw the word fascist around a lot these days. That seems yeah. pretty fucked up to me um, when you're just being told stop, close, fine, fine. Well, what if I'm doing everything right? Like I'd say speakeasy, we haven't broken a mandate. We haven't. And I'm not getting any sort of extra pat on the back for being a good player on that. And uh, I think if the listeners on the perception of not just fitness, but especially fitness, but also all small businesses, please realize that like even these hot spots in New York, you know, they're community based. It's not a business, a specific field. It's not a specific industry. It's a community based thing that is actually fairly isolated within, right. within the community. Um, but they don't want you to know that per se, because you know, it seems like they have a greater sense of control or are doing more to earn their dollar and all of that stuff. Uh, so just please keep that in mind. Um, yeah, especially, I, 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 you know, all that's right too. And I think what we, if, what we've seen and just take our political landscape, everything that's kind of happened, I think we need to question more. I think we need to question more instead of just saying he's the governor, he's doing what's right. I think people need to question more. So when you do see him come on there and say, we need to close, there should be a follow-up question. Well, what are we doing for small businesses? I will bet anyone here that you can't go back and listen to any of his pressures and find out anywhere where he said, we understand that small businesses are being destroyed. We are going to do everything in our power to make sure that they are made whole. Never. He's never mentioned us. Ever. Ever. In any presser. So I think people need to start questioning a lot and saying, well, governor, you're doing that, but what are you supposed to do for those businesses? Well, we have a, we have a bigger problem to worry about. No, no, no. I'm just curious. Have you polled those businesses and seen how many people are hit the poverty line? Cause we just hit 1.5 million more people hit the poverty line. Have you checked with the suicide hotline and seen how many more people have died because of suicide? How about the people who are autistic that needed the gym? Or do you check with them, Governor, or, or anything about that? What are we doing about that? What, no one questions anymore. It's just absolute rule. So power, absolute power begets power. And without questioning, without doing anything, um, we're in a lot of trouble. And that is what the United States Fitness Coalition is doing. We're questioning everything. We want to understand. We want to know. We have answers to things. We want to know why we're not part of the part of the talks. We want to know why we're not being told what's supposed to be happening. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. And I think people need to start questioning what is going on? Like really what's going on? Tell me the agenda. You know, you want to be attorney general? Is that it? So you want to keep the economy closed? You want to be attorney general? You want to be secretary of state? Let me know. I'd rather have you tell me, yeah, that's what I want to do. I'd, it, I'd, I'd rather have, yeah, that's what I want to do. At least it's sort of like what you mentioned with the phase five, there's no projection. So we have to start questioning. So is this just it? Yeah. How long do we just live? here 
um, for example, the other thing with some of these arbitraries is clearly like, you know, dollars are attached to some of the decisions. So uh, let's talk about the, the lawsuit that's in play right now that we're hoping to hear yeah. about. So listeners, two of them in New York's in New York state, when the governor, thank, uh, we should let's bring this in a, up, up to speed a little bit. So the United, uh, the New York Fitness Coalition did a class action lawsuit against Governor Cuomo to open us up. When it was time for him to prove his evidence, why he was keeping us closed, there was none. So he asked if he could wait three days, basically a weekend, and basically mm -hmm. threw out this plan of reopening at 33% capacity with Department of Health inspections. And each uh, county mayor had the ability to decide when indoor fitness classes would be able to resume. Specific. 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 But without anything in terms of what defines a class officially at first. And so, no reason why. And no reason why, because let's face it, if the guidelines are the same, if the number of people are in the place are the same, the distance, the mass, all that is the same, format shouldn't matter. And we're not just talking things like that. You, you, I think fit people in fitness, they, they assume quickly, you know, heavy breathing grunt stuff, CrossFit, powerlifting. Right. We're talking yoga. We're talking Zumba. We're talking bar, Pilates, all Meditating, of Meditating, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a group thing. Right now in New York State, everybody let that open up pretty quickly. Uh, I know we were allowed to open on September 2nd for um, you know, personal training and what we do. Uh, we don't really do classes here. And we were able to get our Department of Health inspection virtually done two days later. So we've been ready to go. And you know, like we said earlier, we're doing this fitness safe inspection where, where we just send in our swabs for our second one. Now, mm -hmm. we have been open as gyms as of three days ago, two months. And guess what? No spikes, no super spreaders throughout New York State or New York City yeah. from fitness. But what they have started to find is what is a fitness class? So listeners, try to just close your eyes for a moment and picture what you view in your head as a fitness class, right? Whether it's spin, yoga, how many people are in the room, right? And now take that same room, like Charlie said, and don't even worry about capacity, but just picture how many people can fit in that room six feet apart in all directions. Okay, that's how many people are in that now. Now, what if you removed one of those persons and it was a coach leading the room and they still stayed the distance, still had their masks? Did that matter? No. The definition of a class, which has been upgraded a couple of times, is two people being led in an activity by an instructor. And then they later went on to say that instructor can't be pre-recorded or remote. So you could have the same people in the room, but he can't even, a, 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 a trainer can't be on a Zoom screen showing them what to do or pre-recorded on an iPad or on a, you know, a VHS tape showing them what to do. What, what sense does that make? So when you talk about arbitrary, this is really the thing that pisses me off the most. Because look, if you were to go rent construction equipment, you'd have to have a lesson on how to use it. People training are not just like great at what they're doing. A lot of them actually need structure, safety, technique motivation in the land of COVID for mental health, communication, interaction, even at six feet apart math, it's still different than Zoom. So that is still the lawsuit that we're waiting to hear on. So um, where are we with that? What has been the feedback that you've been hearing on that for the listeners? So all that's perfect uh, catch up. Could have done better myself. Uh, the case was heard last Friday uh, in front of a judge uh, in Staten Island. And um, we are now waiting to hear his decision. Uh, we were hopeful to hear from it this week. We haven't heard anything today. 
Uh, if we don't hear anything by four o'clock or five o'clock today, we won't hear, uh, and hopefully we'll hear from tomorrow. I do believe part of it was um, waiting on the presidency to see kind of what, how that played out. But now that we know that that's going to linger on, hopefully we'll, we're going to kind of get some sort of decision. What we know from, from when we listened and, uh, you know, we had the hearing, it's not about uh, fitness classes. It's basically saying that they need time, that they know, you know, that um, New York was ground one and they should be allotted time to open up as they see fit. According to the state attorney general, uh, businesses have not had any irreparable harm. Um, at which point our attorney almost flew out of the seat. We are talking about over a billion dollars of losses here in New York. So I'm not too sure what irreparable harm um, these callous, unempathetic, um, disgusting people who would say that um, are thinking. But that's their argument. Their argument is we're ground zero. They need time. Um, to make sure that everybody can do their job safe. And at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. So there's a ruling and it's called the Jacobson. Jacobson and um, Jacobson is everything that, that people have been shoving down everybody's throats, saying that if there is something like COVID or an emergency order, that it gives the powers to governors or mayors to uh, implement structures uh, to protect the citizens which we will grant you was March, April, and May. Jacobson isn't meant to be forever. It, when's the end date, As when I say so? Um, we are here eight months later with the flattened curve like we were supposed to, so when does you know it end? We gave deference to say March and April and May, but now, when is it over? You know, ever? When is there ever a game plan? There's not, so Jacobson just exists until one person you know arbitrarily decides to say it doesn't. So. There's that. Then there's the argument that we make that says pretty much what you just said. I mean, if me and you together went to go to Lifetime and hopped on a treadmill six feet apart and decided to run, then five minutes later, get off and do 100 air squats, hop back on and run a mile, get back off, do 100 push-ups, run back on and do 100 sit-ups. But if I put an instructor there to correct form to motivate, then that's illegal. No one listening here no one can tell me how that makes any sense to anybody. You can't. So if I think it don't make sense, you think it don't make sense. Somebody needs to explain to me how the guy up on the hill thinks that it makes sense. Or, or are there other reasons? Are there other arbitrary reasons that enhance someone's agenda? I mean, that's up to every other person to decide. I've made my decision on that a long time ago. But you cannot tell me that that is not arbitrary. You cannot tell me that that even makes any sort of sense. And somewhere along the line in 2020, common sense just took a shitter. We just forgot about common sense. It doesn't matter. It, do, it, it stands for nothing. The fact that two plus two is four, no, no, not anymore. Two plus two kind of maybe, I don't know. You know, if I draw a picture over here, I could get it to four and a half. I don't, nothing makes any sense. Yeah. Nothing makes any sense. And this is one of them. So that is our lawsuit. We are hopeful to hear um, hopefully by sometime tomorrow would be, would be great. And the arbitrary sense of it with all that's going on, if you were to just say, even if the mayor really had a, a, a heartfelt and passionate reason why this deeming classes was not allowed, right? Like say, right. we've proven ourselves for two months now that that has not caused a problem. 
Folks, you got to remember, right. go back into the opening of phases. Phases were two weeks apart. It was a two-week test before you went into the new phase. It was to give it basically two weeks to see if there was a spike and adjust appropriately. So now we are months out of phase four, and we're a full oh, yeah. two months since gyms have been allowed to be open. We've proven that we're not a spike. And the, the mayor is still allowing a loss, as opposed to just being like, okay, go. Like, let's just take this one thing off of my plate. Um, <laughs> It's funny, I'm thinking of a quick story in the mayor. You know, if everybody saw her in New York City, at least, like the mayor waited three and a half hours online to vote. If you look at any of the video of pictures of that, you'll see Coach Meg wearing her speakeasy of strength hoodie right in front of him, looking miserable because she had to spend three and a half hours in front of him. But like, that's the kind of arbitrary we're dealing with. There's a lawsuit that people have to work on where this person could just say, the mayor could just say, you know what? You've been safe enough. I'm going to grant you progression. But what Charlie talks about in this is, no phase five, they make these rules and they don't review them after. They don't look back at the right. data because they're looking forward to the next spike. They're looking forward to the next place that they can drop a hammer as opposed to opening back up. And those gyms that are allowed, like you were saying, like hop on a treadmill, go do squats, or you know, we have a bunch of sort of big box franchise gyms here. And we've had members come in where they've, they've actually canceled their memberships because they're like, members are still supersetting and claiming a bench and a squat rack for fucking 40 minutes. Yeah. They're sweating on it. They're not cleaning it. Because you know what? A front desk person doesn't care about cleanliness the way a coach is. Somehow, there's this view that a coach is going to be more likely to instigate bad behavior. Whereas if you were to ask one of my team um, what would happen to them if they decided to not wear a mask in session, they will tell you they'd be fired. Uh, if you ask one of my members, like, hey, what happens if you just went renegade and wore a, stopped wearing a mask in session? <laughs> They'd be let go of their membership, full refund. You know, like, we have that control, but there's this weird perception, and it's totally arbitrary, and I don't know where it comes from. Part of me wants to blame de Blasio's why. Kidding. Partially kidding. Because we all know that he goes <laughs> to get to, used to get his muffin and then go work out. Um, so I, I just want listeners, if you're like, you know, on the fear aspect of this, right? Gyms should be closed still because, you know, the virus. Look, the numbers are low. We've proven that we're not having spikes. You have to believe in numbers now, regardless of what side of the political fence you're on, regardless of whether you want to go out to a store or a gym or a movie theater or not. You know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, again, and again, we're not just talking across the United States. Across literally the world, gyms have not shown to be a problem. There was, I think, one event yep. in Korea or something, right? There was like one event in Korea, like in a continuing education course that might have been well, there's, a thing. There's two things. There's, 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 two, there's two events, but we can discuss those, but there's two events. But, you know, it, we, we, it actually goes further towards not showing that we have spikes or, or, or whatever. The one in North Korea was in a gym that was about 600, 700 square feet. They didn't socially distance and there was no proper airflow and they were yeah. right on top of one another. And it was in the beginning, total different thing, totally bias different should never have been allowed. There was another one in Canada, and here's where we'll kind of roll into what we're doing. So the one in Canada um, did see a huge, huge number, and it was 61 people that came down with the infection. So there's two things that they don't have that we have. One of them is part of the governor's mandate, and the other is part of the USFC mandate, and that is ventilation. They didn't have proper ventilation, okay? They didn't have the filters, they didn't have all that stuff. Well, we do. The biggest thing is they don't have our cleaning protocols. So we listened to everybody, right? We did. And 
government comes out and says, we're problematic, we're dirty, we're all these things. We listen to the public. You need to be shut. You're, you know, you're dirty. You're, you know, there's things inside the gym. We went and we went above his 17-page mandates. So the governor, over in 48 hours, came up with mandates that no one from the Department of Health, the state level, the executives, the Blasio, no one knew about. No one knew about because he made it up. He came up with it in 48 hours, threw a bunch of crap together, and said, this is what you got. We knew as a group this wasn't enough. This wasn't enough to keep us open. This wasn't enough to prove to the public. So we created our own protocols. We gave those to the governor. In part, some of the things that he ad adopted in there are our protocols. So the Department of Health coming in and checking for cleaning and things of like that, that's because that's in our protocol. We hired, and you'll have him on your podcast, we hired Kevin Godfrey, an uh, occupational environmental expert who's worked with FEMA, his list, his accolades, he can talk all about them. However, together he put this in and kind of like what Stephen was saying before, basically what it does is you have biofilm and everything that you touch, it's on your hands, it's everywhere, right? So when we touch things, this is what we're leaving all over the place. And these are the things that viruses like COVID stick to, okay? That's what they stick to. So we came up with a cleaning protocol that's done between classes that allows products to sit and saturate on things in your gym that people touch. And after a certain period of time, it dries. This kills that biofilm. And what we do is we get graded on that. So just like government buildings, hospitals, cafeterias, get tested by the Department of Health. This is what they're being tested for, the same thing. We just took it and adapted it to gyms. So now when we get tested and we get tested on these spots, it's grading the biofilm that's left in our gym. Your grade level, A, B, and C, which we don't accept, mean that your levels are acceptable to keep people safe, that we are hygienic. We did that, our group did that. That has nothing to do with the state. So we went and we said, not only are we contact tracing, not only do we have masks, not only are we at 33%, not only do we have to have purifiers and HEPA filters and all these things with the contact tracing. Well, we also have cleaning protocols that are good enough for schools, hospitals, and the government, the United States of America. Why is it not good enough for us to open and stay open? So again, go back to common sense, everybody. I just told you what we're doing. Think of it like a Zagat grade. You're gonna see this grade and it's gonna have a QR code. And you'd be able to scan that QR code to see what we've been doing, to know that we're clean. And it, every single month you could go in and make sure that this person just didn't re erase something and put it on there. No, you see what he did in January, in February, in March, in April. Oh my God, he's never had less than an A. Oh my God, this place is super clean. And it means that he's doing his job or she is doing her job. Um, so again, common sense. Why are we still not open? Why are we fighting for the right to be open? And if we're fighting for that right to be open, why the hell is no one figuring out how we can get open? Why is the governor not sitting in his office right now, not on a book tour, not going down to Atlanta, patting himself on the back without a mask, without a mask, hugging and shaking without a mask, yep. or his, his other brother getting haircuts without a mask, or doing everything that they're doing without their mask? Why are they not figuring this out? Yeah, and... and 
on top of all that, and, and I pay this, you know, I have no problem with the fee, but folks, like you got, if you had an idea how much money all the owners have invested in these things that we're not getting paid back. And I know in the beginning days, like it wasn't even part, it wasn't, weren't, they weren't even items you could pay, use your PPP towards no. to get towards forgiveness folks. So like we opened this gym really on the cheap, right? Really on the cheap. Like we put paint on, we put some mats down and kind of hung some TRXs on the walls and some, brought some Star Wars toys in. That's pretty much it. And, you know, we've invested probably easily with the sanitization, new matting, all that stuff, 10 grand in the space. And then to stay viable, we had to do a big pivot where we sell gear. And, uh, you know, that was a $20,000 purchase of like, literally like here's 200 kettlebells and a bunch of maces and all that stuff. Now it's all working in our favor right now, but it's also like when you see these restaurants building these, you know, they're trying to make these outdoor things as comfortable as can be as winter is here, uh, fastly approaching, fastly approaching, you know, there's so much money that no one is actually getting aid for to do. So we're just digging deeper to continue getting sort of held down and to try uh, to get open. Yeah. <laughs> it, so I hope if, if there's a gym owners, if there's a lesson here, join up for the group, right? Join in. Like we need your numbers. And I think we're still, I'll say this. I don't want to speak for Charlie. I'm still very surprised sometimes by the lack of awareness and ignorance that I'm hearing from other owners, eight, nine months into a disaster zone in terms of our industry. Like I still have questions and I will ask questions. I don't have all the answers. But some of them are like pretty basic at this point. Like, where do you find the guidelines? Like, we should know that by now. Um, but like, so, so gym owners, like the, the, the organization has been crucial for that. Current members in the organization, uh, I know I've missed a couple of the uh, pressers, but try to show up when you can. I've made it to the ones that I can be at. And yeah, you might miss a session, but you know what? You're going to miss a lot of sessions if we get shut down again in three months. Like, the money you might make in a couple hours. I know we've all taken a hit. Try to make it to those things. Um, for listeners that aren't trainers, that maybe like, you know, just like trying to get a sense of what this is. Just, if you're feeling off put by gyms, listen to what Charlie said. Think about it from maybe a different perspective. You can still decide not to go. But I think a fresh perspective on that will go a long way. Because again, like I know slowly our membership's coming back in. Oh, slowly we're getting new members and they all want to come back inside. And, you know, if they felt unsafe minute five, they would leave or not come back and everyone's coming back. And I think that's really important. I, it is. I, I, I think we have a harder job. Uh, our industry has a harder job because of everything that kind of was put on us. So um, we are going above and beyond at least everybody with inside of our organization. Um, but, you know, that's that, that main lawsuit that we have going on there. And then, you know, we also now are, are suing, um, we're suing the state, we're suing the governor um, to have his executive orders removed. Um, that's a big one for us. And I think everybody needs to understand that that's not just us. This is now teachers, students, uh, restaurant owners, hair salons, nail salons. And all these type of places who just can't exist anymore underneath arbitrary mandates. We need leadership. And by leadership, I don't mean someone who's just coming on and, you know, giving us daily horrible numbers. Yeah. That's not leadership. That's scare tactics. I don't need paper mache models. I'm a 48 year grown, you know, year old man. 
I don't need a paper mache model of where we were, Mount Everest to where we, I, I don't need all that crap to save it. I need leadership. So what I mean is I need for the governor to come out and say, this is where we are guys. This is where we want to be. And now we're going to start to open up the economy in this, this way. Okay. And this is what we're going to do. And then we're going to move along, along the path. Um, so we are following suit with other states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, um, to kind of um, get some sort of independence back because I think we gave it away too easy, Steve. And that was the thing we don't question enough. And I think we gave it away too easy based off of fear, what we didn't know, the unknown. Um, and now getting politicians and people to give it back to us, we see how hard that is. And by hard, I mean, you know, wow, we had a spike over here. Let's shut back down. Oh my God, spike today. Two souls died. This is what we're hearing every single day, right? You know, and, and it gets people uh, scared. So, um, you know, that's another thing that we're kind of going for. That's that's the big one. That's the It'd be really nice to get the tickle at the end of the slap every now and then to be like, you know, I want to take a moment to just really thank the sacrifices that my actions are having on people. And it's just not. It would be that, nice. It would be nice. Again, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> and that's not what keeps me up at night. But it would be nice. Uh so Charlie, let's wrap this up. I have an important question since we're both from Long Island. I'm from Levittown. You're uh, SC Fitness, Charlie's two facilities, uh, Farmingdale and Hicksville. Yes, sir. I used to skate my ass off uh, at the town of Oyster Bay, the Hicksville train station there, that LIR station. Um, Not far. Uh, I want to know what's your favorite mall. This is a very Long Island question. My favorite mall. So I'm a, I'm a South Shore boy. Um, for me, it would have been the South Shore Mall or the Massapequa Mall. I would have never went all the way out to, uh, to the bigger malls. And I was too far uh, west of the Smith Haven Mall. So for me, it would have been the, the local South, South Shore Mall where back in the day, you used to have uh, the drive-in movie theater not too far from there. And you used to have uh, a little cinema that was uh, attached to the mall back in the day. Dude, Sunrise Mall is, will, for always, will always be my mall. Um, Kristen Callahan is also from Long Island. He's been on the show a couple of times. They had a duck pond in the mall. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and they had, they had two arcades. They had a joke shop and a pet shop. And um, yeah. yeah, that, that I'll Tuxie claim Corners that. Is as, right in there and they had that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll claim that's that as my. That's where we used to go with kids. And young kids. adults. Um, I'll claim that as my mall. Uh, although I worked at the comic book shop in Nassau Mall. I'm a Heroes World guy. Um, yeah, that was like a. I still I hate that that's gone. Talk about industries that are leaving and, and dead and gone. Um, anyway. Well, unfortunately, that's... Yeah, unfortunately, we have a multi-billion dollar movie industry around superheroes, but we can't support local comic book shops anymore. No, well, DC pulled all the... DC's not delivering. DC and Marvel are playing that whole game where they're pulling off they're pulling oh. off all the delivery. They're doing all that crap to the comic book stores. So the oh, comic book they? people can't even... They can't even get, you know, the next, uh, the next series or all that stuff. So they pulled it from them, making them having to order it from some, someplace else or get it digitally. Right. Um, so really, DC and Marvel kind of hurt them a lot. Well, support your local comic book shop. Support your local gym. Really, so think about, and I, I have my issues with this sometimes, too, in terms of going to Lowe's for the hardware stuff because it's right around the corner from here. But when you, really, now is the time more than ever to think about supporting your local business. And when you look at the gyms, and I want all gyms to stay open, but you gotta, you got to look at, like, What's a big franchise gym where if it closes, they're probably going to be able to profit off of it as a loss versus like a mom and pop that is like literally blood, sweat and tears into that thing. Um, and it's not just a financial investment. Think about your restaurants. Is it a chain or is it like truly somebody? 
Uh, and even some franchises, like, you know, I'm a, it's a little weird with franchises, but usually people are going all in on a franchise uh, as well. But watch for the big sure. box stuff. Like, I, I'm not saying avoid it, but in terms of any type of store, Target, Walmart, start thinking a little smaller. And guess what? Whole Foods isn't a small business. Um, so really start <laughs> thinking about where you put your money. Um, Charlie, this was awesome. Uh, where can people find out more about you, SC Fitness, and the coalition? Sure. Yeah, if anybody wants to come and help, if there's any gym out there, um, we do have a billion-dollar takings claim. If you're a gym owner, you should be a part of that. Uh, if you're a gym owner and you're looking for support to become an essential status for guidelines, for help, for, for licensing, for all that stuff that's going to make us essential so that we don't get shut down again, head over to our website, which is www.usfc.info. All the information is on there. You can always call me, get in touch with me, and we can have a, a nice conversation about what we're doing and how we're helping the industry and how we can hopefully move forward and, um, you know, what we're doing with the governor and everything else. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And listeners, we, we sort of loosely talked about the cleaning stuff. This is really fascinating stuff that I learned a lot about. And we're going to be talking with Kevin Godfrey, owner of Trusted Safe and the leader of, uh, he's one of the board members of the coalition, but also um, the head of uh, Fitness Safe. So that's the yeah. testing stuff. And I think uh, for any business owner where they're talking about cleaning products, or I'll be honest, if you're nervous of where you're going into and want to sort of get a sense who's really cleaning well, this will be an interesting one next week. So uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, review, Patreon, Coach Fury Podcast. Doc, uh, sorry, Patreon.com slash Coach Fury Podcast. Uh, I make $4 an episode. I'm a guilty man. Uh, but everything helps. So thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Steve. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the ftw.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com, that's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A, or follow him on Instagram at glengurrieta. Voice over by Laura Palmer.